deliver. Plenty attacking! Naldo! The comeback is complete! A stunning second half from Schalke! This is Views from the Touchline. Welcome back to Views from the Touchline. It's me, I'm back, Alan Smith. Alongside me, Billy Rogers. Billy, how was your break, buddy? I had a great a great Thanksgiving break with my family, family and friends. Obviously, uh, had a great time. Saw my uncle, some um, other family members as well. Awesome. Had, had a great time. Uh, I was up in Connecticut, I think, in New Canaan. Uh, how about you? What did you, you do for your Thanksgiving oh, break? Well, it started off, I went home for a brief amount of time just to see my mom but she was actually in dallas at the time and i was like your mom's always traveling i'm I'm impressed she was yeah she's coast to coast yeah she was in san francisco for like a week and a half and then for about four days she was in dallas that's when the first day i got back from break when i was like okay i think my mom would be here but it's i decided to go back uh to carroll county and spend some time with my girlfriend and her family for thanksgiving that's good to hear yeah i mean it was really awesome. It was a really good, really good time to meet someone. Were you a uh, what's what's it called? Were you a, were you a keeper in the eyes of her, I don't know. her parents? <laughs> are you are you the keeper? Are you the one? Uh, it's, it's it's we're in a couple of days. We'll be on two months, so we'll see. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. Real proud of you to see uh to see you bounce back. Obviously from a turbulent relationship last year. Uh, hey man, we we, we, won't, we won't get too much into Jesus. that. <laughs> hey, you, 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 you know, I mean, a, Billy's you're Billy. You're not wrong, buddy. But like. I think we all have we all we all have our ups and downs here and there. Uh, I think that you know I've I've struggled as well, but I think that we're be- definitely both in a better place now. Oh, of course. Obviously, uh, you know I think you're doing a great job here. Here, uh, also, uh, it's been a week since we recorded. It's it's been, it's felt like a long time, honestly. I feel like it's been more than a week, man. I know it's literally our last episode was last Monday. Me and Ral now it's what Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, so I guess a week and a day. A week and a day. Great to be great to be back in the air yeah. with you, man. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for a a chock full episode of. Uh, we have a lot of information to to, dis- to uh, discuss I'm, as I'm well. I'm excited. I mean, I'm proud of you and Raul Raul taking the stand and me not being available at the time to uh, record and sort of. I get think it the episode was out. it was definitely his calling um, as a uh, yeah. as a guest host, where I think that. Uh, I hope that he is more invested now in the podcast, uh, gets on it more often. Yeah. I think it was cool to see him after being on it for two episodes. He went on it a third in a row where it's just him, you know, as a guest host, where he was his opinion was very, it's like a, very valued. Yeah, it's like a, I'm not going to say like a drug, but it's sort of like you're very interested to sort of speak in a setting like this and express your opinions and sort of say, okay, I have this knowledge about soccer that I can express to the viewers and, not viewers, but listeners and say... I think we always say viewers. viewers. Like <laughs> we always say viewers, but... We have a good good way of sort of making good conversation out of these out of the soccer. I, I love it, man. I think it for me. It's just um, it's just a great a great uh, platform of expression where I rather um, get all my words out through talking rather than writing. Because you know, writing. I love writing. I love expressing myself through writing. But I think that sometimes it's very cumbersome, very time consuming. Yeah, it's very. Time-consuming. I think that uh, you know, talking is that 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 easy way to get your words out. And to express yourself through not having to, you know, sit there on your right. laptop and be like, "Oh, so my thesis today is right. Barcelona is going to win the league because Madrid lost this." So, and you have your input. No, I love just saying that, you know. Do you feel that in the future education will be more vocal? I'm not saying it's not as vocal. You know what I mean? Like with papers, term papers, and stuff like that. Like you had a project due for your communications major that you talked about the podcast. Do you think that podcasting and um, education will come hand in hand soon enough, and sort of be more invest. Education will be more 
based around vocalizing things? Well, I think, to be honest, I think that it really depends on, you know, if you're, what, what school you're at, right. but also your major. Because I think that, uh, for me, being a comm major, communication major, yeah. a lot of my projects and um, final, final like, projects, as I said, in exams, they're all based on speeches or projects rather than, you know, written tests. So definitely for, for my major, yes, mm -hmm. I think that um, a lot of a lot of moving forward, a lot of what I'll do is, is speeches and projects within my next two years here, and obviously at grad school as well. Of course. But I mean, I mean, but look at like an accounting major or something like that. Like a lot of that's very concrete. You have to know the answer. It's going to be a certain answer. So definitely, that's going to be more you know test driven. Yeah. So I think it more, definitely depends on, yeah, depends on your major. Uh, yeah, because some things are more st statistical, given or on a statistical ground where you have to give final product in a paper form or in a physical form you know well, it's, I mean? it's grounded based off of one answer where yeah. I think that you know with my classes uh, there's so many different answers we have theories we have to understand different things but it's also more becoming a better speaker but be also right. becoming a better interactor where you know your interpersonal skills improve so I heard that yeah definitely yeah, and let's uh let, let's talk a lot about uh we had a, a big a week and a day of eight days of soccer we, we haven't talked about so you know we have a lot to mention for our listeners today obviously people who are catching up who missed some of these games let's film in a what do, you, what do you want to start with today? There's lots to go through, but... All right, well, we'll talk about the games that happened today with the Manchester United, with the with Manchester United winning 4-2 to two with Ashley Young scoring two goals. I guess his former club I as well. his former club, yeah. I think he actually celebrated both goals. I don't I mean, know. It's been a while since he's been Definitely, at Watford, yeah. so... I got to mention, too, did you see uh, Mo Salah? He scored against Chelsea uh, on the weekend, and he didn't celebrate at all. Well, he's, like, that's, he's class like that, you know? But my thing though is he he played about ten games for Chelsea. And but the thing is that wasn't under his. That's not the club's fault. That's yeah. the man, that was the manager's fault at that point because you know that Mourinho had that sort of selection of players was very his selection of players was very specific in the way he wants to run things and he didn't see Mo Salah at the time being a pivotal person or a, a standing point in the team alongside you know Kevin De Bruyne and Lukaku. So he's he's been known to sort of pass up on really good talent and sort of go with a more traditional per approach and be safer in the way he chooses teams. So I don't think it's up to the it was up to the club. It was sort of the managerial position that he was slung into. I think part of it too was um, out of respect for the victims. He's obviously Egyptian. Yeah. If you hear about the big uh, attack, that, I guess it was a terrorist attack. I'm not sure exactly it what it was. I think it might have. Um, where there was a lot of a lot of victims in Egypt. You know, I think he probably was. He had that in his mind. Where I think uh, maybe people kind of took it out of. The fact that you know that that simple that gesture of your hands up, yeah, I think people took that out of respect for the club. But I also think honestly it could have been just him being very respectful, uh, maybe as a tribute to the victims of the attack. Where like you know he probably was very crushed by uh, his home country being affected in that way. Where I you know you see El Nani on Arsenal, I have not seen anything of, of him in training or anything like that since the obviously the attack that happened in Egypt. I think he's Makes probably sense. struggling a lot with that because yeah. you know, a lot a loss of life like that, even like being a soccer player, obviously. He probably has a lot of national pride. Yeah, because yeah. he, he represented his country. And yeah, so. that's a different, that's a separate feeling. Not saying I know how that feels, but you're representing your nation, and that's sort of you. You're a standing point as an as an as a soccer player, as an athlete, to make your stance and make yourself representative of that country. So yeah, so I mean, this is in the notes, but you saw Chelsea uh, take take a tie. I guess that was at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, is that is that? Do you think for Chelsea is that a good result? Is that a good result for Liverpool? It was obviously one one. Uh, you, you see, you see, do you see Willian's goal? Yeah, man. No, I don't even know how. I don't even. I he tried. He tried crossing that. It was yeah to Morata the far post. It was a little dinker, but I think he caught the outside of his boot. His follow through was more to his left side. I love watching his face as the ball was in there. He was like, he was like, whoa, and yeah. then dropped it. He's like, hey, I scored. Yeah, I mean, and also the goalkeeper. What is Manile doing at that point, man? Yeah. 
Because he think... could have easily just been like, boop. Because yeah. he got his fingertips on it. But if he like extended or like punched it or up. Or just jumped even higher. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting, honestly, now, just to see the race between two to six, I guess, between Arsenal, Spurs, Man U, and, uh, and Liverpool. Maybe even, I mean, Everton, if they start playing better. But, you know, I think those those four or five teams are going to be very close come the end of the season. It'll be interesting. I mean, in my honest opinion, I feel like Manchester City is still going to be... That's why I didn't mention them. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying from two, from two from to six. From two to six, okay. Yeah. Just saying that Manchester City is a lock-in at my at this point of the season. Because look at it right now. I think it's, it's honestly like... 34 like, points. They're all... Yes, oh, City is like eight points ahead now. But I think like you see today, you've had a bunch of teams drop points now in the past. Uh, past a bunch of big teams obviously drop points. You had Chelsea drop points this weekend. And you had uh, Spurs who've dropped points now three games in a row. They've lost Arsenal. And then they uh, tied West Brom at home. And they lost again today to, to Leicester away yeah. from home. So you're looking at Spurs now, who's sitting in fifth place on 24 points, and you have you have Man U at 32 points with a win today. Yeah. Arsenal play tomorrow uh, on 25 points. You have Chelsea in third with 26 points, and then you have Spurs in uh, fifth with 24 points, and finally Liverpool in sixth with 23 points. So you have right. 23, 24, 25, 26, 32. So it's gonna be really close. It's gonna I be think, a like, very interesting thing because I see if Arsenal do not, unfortunately, if Arsenal do not win tomorrow, and Liverpool take that win over Stoke. They can really bump themselves up into fourth place. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think it's honestly this Huddersfield game, Arsenal play tomorrow, is huge to see if they can, you know, they'll go into, I guess now, if do Chelsea play tomorrow as well? I guess if Chelsea uh, drop points again tomorrow, then Arsenal can honestly go into third place yeah. there. And that's like, yeah, Chelsea play uh, Swansea City at home. So, yeah. I mean, I think, like, they probably won't drop points there, but I think it's going to be crucial now. There's so many of these games that are going to be just, it doesn't matter who you're against, they're going to be so crucial. Because, you know, with Man City running away with the title, I definitely think that. Um, every game below that, below Man City, when they play, is going to be it's, crucial now. Yeah, because yeah, if they slip, if any team slips up, they're going to be out of the title race. And that's why, that's why I find more interesting about the league now that there is a gap, you know. Yeah. With Man City being that that head honcho and just like taking the lead and sort of having that Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool race. Yeah. You never know because you can see Chelsea drop two games. Like and then oh, yeah, and all the teams can drop points yeah, at any time. That's, exactly. how, that's how EPL is. Yeah, that's what and, then, and then Huddersfield Town, being that giant killer, being beating United. They almost they almost had City this weekend. Yeah, at home they too. almost it had City one one. I mean Sterling Sterling scored the winning goal. That was you see the goal was real lucky. Yeah. Anthony hit off his like his leg and bounced in. He's just like yeah, I scored. Literally. Like I was I was laughing because he looked like he was like trying to celebrate his own goal, but he literally like was so lucky to get to that. Um, you know I think that. Who's Man City going to lose to? Like, you look at their record now. They have 12 wins and one draw. They're, all, they're literally perfect besides one game. I mean, and it's it's hard to see. I think the one team, that Man U Derby, the, the Manchester Derby is going to be huge to watch this year because that's the, that's the one game I think I can see they slip up. Especially I mean, with Pablo, I don't Pablo back in the mix. Well, Pablo back in the mix, he's making an influence, but I don't see Lukaku being that influence in the final third because you saw that when Ibra, or when, yeah, when Ibra. He's, little, he's, cold, he's cold right now, yeah. Yeah, he's, men's not hot right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to ask you though, who do you, who do you honestly see Man City losing to or do you think they could go the whole season? I mean, I guess it is a little early to ask, but do you, could, you kind of. They could slip up against Tottenham. Tottenham? Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you think they'll ever be another team that goes the full season without losing, just like the Invincibles in 04? No. I think, man, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think the games are too close now to see, you know, a team to, to go that whole season being yeah, you can't. undefeated. So I think, I do think Man City will slip up at some point, and it's up to another team to, you know, take advantage of that. I don't think that Arsenal team that won 2000, went undefeated in 2004 was in, like, league, league was not in, uh, like, uh, not, where they were only in domestic play, sorry, that was, were they only in domestic play? No, because they made the Champions League final the next year. 
So they, they had qualified oh. for you. I'll, 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 I'll look for you later okay. on. Because I was I, curious. I think they're, they're in the Champions League that year. Oh, yeah, they definitely were. Because that was the year Henri scored the, uh, the hat trick against Inter. Okay. In 04, yeah. No, they're they're in Champions League, yeah. Because that's very tiring on them. And the depth in that team is not necessarily the strongest, right? Yeah. Because you have Bernardo Silva from... Um, oh, for Man City? For Man City. The depth, yeah. Yeah, the depth. And you're going to see that um, he doesn't really play that often. I think, honestly, past past their starting 11 plus their subs, there's not much depth. But but in terms of the fact that their, start, their 11 plus their subs are extremely strong, though. All right. Like, they do have they do have good backups in each position who are, who are you know, have potential to play and stuff. Right. But I, don't, I think past that, though, there's not much There's there. not much. That's my biggest issue, and they're very injury-prone most of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I think that... That's something you'll see with Man City right. qualifying for the it's knockout stage in the Champions League. Yeah. It's, all, it's all for me if they can stay healthy. It's no. that wear and tear. Yeah. I think that, they, honestly, though, with that invincible team from 04 for Arsenal, they had so many draws. Yeah. Where, like, they, they kind of, I wouldn't say they, they sacrificed much, but I think that, you know, they, they kind of sometimes had to sit back and say, hey, we're exhausted from playing three, three weeks a game, three games a week, where they kind of took it on the chin and, you know, a draw wasn't you know, the end of the world, I guess. But in the world, in, in, in the end, they did go yeah. the full season. I mean, so. I agree with that. So. We'll see with that. Uh, were there any other EPL games uh, that stuck out to you? I want to mention the uh, the Arsenal game, obviously. but Yeah, I mean, you watched that, right? And what did you think of it? You think it was boring? I got up at, seven, I guess, 9 o'clock. And I had slept like three hours the night before. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, it was it was a sleeper, man. It was it was one of those games where it was Burnley... was like back and forth. No, it was not even back and forth. It was just that Burnley put 11 guys behind the ball for probably 8% of the game. And, you know, they would counterattack once or twice. Put They would just cross the ball into the box. Right. There was no, no build of play from Burnley. Uh, in, the, in the end, though, you had a, a Kolasinac header into the box from a nice little build-up play where Ramsey got shoved over by, uh, I forgot this guy's name, he's Austrian, uh, Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. And he shoved Ramsey over. And I, honestly, people say it's a controversial penalty kick, but I think it was, was spot-on PK. Yeah, clear as day. So funny, uh, honestly, where the only thing out of this game where I smile is that this was Arsenal's third um, third win in a row over Burnley in the last 90 minutes or, or plus. <laughs> where you have last year, Sanchez scores a winning PK at the Emirates to win 2-1. That's funny. And then, two, uh, I guess, the first fixture last year as well, you had, I want to say it was Oxlade, Chamberlain, or Koscielny, who put the ball over the line in, like, the dying seconds of the game also. Right. So, you know, <laughs> do you think that, I want to ask you, do you think that Arsenal look for look to do this against Burnley, or do you think it's just like the way Burnley are set up, or you know why why well, is it why Burnley is it this set up, way? In my eyes, the way Burnley set up, I think is they let Arsenal have the ball in their own half, in Arsenal in Arsenal's own half, and they don't really they don't really make any they don't make any effort to go forward and sort of be aggressive when it's defending. They just, as you said, they stick eleven guys behind the ball behind the ball, <laughs> and they. They wait for Arsenal to try and make that pinpoint pass and, the that, counter-track, and they yeah. counterattack and get it. So that's the, basically the way that Burnley take that game is by counterattack. But you see that they really don't have any power going forward since they lost uh, Andre Gray. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you set up like that, you're going to obviously like open yourself up to eventually, you know, with 10 minutes left, a big team of that is going to throw numbers forward. And I think that's probably why that... Arsenal are probably content with you know passing the ball around, keeping possession throughout the game, of course. and eventually they're going to actually they're going to pounce and then they're gonna throw numbers forward in, in hopes of getting that goal because they need that goal away from home especially. So, I mean, I kind of laugh because you see Alexis Sanchez going another PK, <laughs> crushing Burnley Hearts once he's again. Happy? It, it is so tough to tell honestly because you see his reaction when he scores, when he plays, he's very passionate still. Yeah, it's just it's impossible. He's such a professional. Where obviously maybe he wants to leave, he wants to play for in Champions League, obviously. But I think he is honestly such a professional that he's able to to I mean uh, keep keep his play with Arsenal separate from his contract dispute. Yeah, obviously. and speaking about Arsenal, I have a th- I have a bit that I heard last week from your guys' podcast about Ozil, 
about his body language and how pe- people don't really give him a lot of credit and how he's sort of performing now or sort of performing now. I feel like he's, he's putting a great display against Spurs. Yeah, he was. He was. He's been ill this whole weekend, so right. we'll see him hopefully tomorrow against Huddersfield. And my theory on that is he's trying to get himself on the market again. I, I can honestly see that. Yeah, he's trying to get himself. I'm not saying he's doing it for the club. I know he posted something about Yas Gunner, Yas, all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Gunners, yeah. yeah, yeah, all that bullshit. But in my personal opinion, he's just trying to market himself right now. I would say, I mean, you see Sanchez's form is starting to spike right now as January nears. He's had what a PK, and then he's going against Spurs as well. Hey, that's that's honestly that's a good that's a good thought right there. But so he's trying to chase that money. Look at um. Uh, I want to say Arsenal. They actually hired the uh, the Dortmund head scout. He left, came to Arsenal. He's actually brought in players like Pulisic, uh, Usman Dembele, Royce. All these players. Uh, he's actually brought them from Dortmund. He came to Arsenal, and also the uh, sporting director of Barcelona left as well. For Fifteen years. He's at Arsenal now as well. I could see you wearing a Pulisic Arsenal jersey. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, you look at that though. Do you think that <coughs> Arsenal are now trying to you know without getting these players in yet? Do you think they're trying to position themselves to, to show Sanchez and Ozil they do mean business? You know, I think that missing out on Champions League last year obviously is de- definitely is detrimental to these contract talks. But you know, I think that do you see these hirings of these dormant head scout and then the head of, head of direct, uh, football from Barcelona, where yeah. he's brought he's you know been, he's Messi, Suarez, Neymar. Yeah, I mean, you're doing enough for your recruiting office, right? But it all comes down to what happens on the pitch. on the field. Yeah, definitely. So you're gonna say that okay. They're looking to, to make a good de- developmental change in their future as an academy or as a, a uh, as a club yeah. as a club because he's he's, he's going to help with he's a work with Arsene Wenger obviously course, I'll yes. look his name up but yes but as of right now I would be more focused on the next th- three or four weeks and just be like okay we got to make this many points to be in in a good position to make I'm going to say this and be in a de- depressive way but go for it make at least top four. I mean, they're back in fourth place. They're now. back in fourth place, but I'm just saying, be. <laughs> I saw, I saw be a quote. Con- be consistent. I saw a quote after winning on after they won on Saturday. It was like or Sunday. It was welcome home, Arson. Back, back to fourth Christ. place. <laughs> back to fourth place. Yeah, I mean, my thought about the best player. My thought about the best player on Arsenal right now is um, Kasilnach. Kasilnach. Oh, he's beautiful. Yeah, say it is is pulling his weight right now. His name is Raul San Senali. San Lehi. San Lehi. Yeah. yeah. He's, he'll be there in February. So yeah, I don't know. That's cool. It's time. A statement from Arsenal, I guess, but at the same time, time, though, I think that you're, you're definitely right. It's about what happens on the field. Yeah. So that's where you see if they stare it out. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, I think that there's not too much. I want to mention Spurs, obviously, being winless last few games in the EPL. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about uh, teams playing better in their in their cup games than their, their league form? Obviously, they, they won their group. They beat Dortmund away from home. They beat... Uh, Real Madrid at home, tied Real Madrid away from home, had some fantastic results in their group, but then you go to see their league form, they're just not cutting in the league. In my opinion, they lost against the Leicester today as well. Yes, yes. They see the position on where they are in the league, and they're like, okay, what are what are we doing now? What why why are we in fifth place right now? What what's the issue? But they only see that they can get the three more places above that because of what Man City is achieving right now with being about five points ahead of everyone. I would say they're uh, they're pros though. So I mean they're not saying oh, they're not giving up. They're not giving up hope. They're not giving up hope. It's just that I feel like the mentality is a little changed, and they're like, okay, I guess our domestic cup isn't our domestic league isn't going so hot, but we're doing very well in the Champions League. We might as well 
turn the knob a little over to the to the right side of where the Champions League is to say, okay, we're going to make this our more of a focus just because we won our group. We're going to see someone very difficult in the next round, and we're playing very difficult teams, and we're and we're struggling right now. Every game is tough. Yeah. Every game is tough. So I'd rather see. I'm saying this as a as a general soccer fan. I'd rather see them struggle in the next three weeks, and when it comes to that little little time where they're going in the Champions League, okay, it's business time now. Because they don't they don't I don't feel like their focus is not primarily on the domestic cup. Okay. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. So depending uh, what happens to Man City in the next two weeks, three weeks. I think that teams will honestly start to you'll see that that um what's what's the word I'm looking for? That lethargy in terms of uh, they'll be playing so many games, important games, you know, in the league and as well as the Champions League. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see Man City playing that Man U, Liverpool qualified as well. Yeah. So I mean, Spurs as well too. So it's big four teams right there. They're gonna have some tough fixtures in terms of the league and the Champions League. Where I think it'll be be honestly very interesting to see if they can balance it well. And you'll see the strongest team of those teams. I think that's the team that will win the league. You think so? The the team that can honestly uh, balance their squad rotation the best as well as winning the, their games. You know, in Champions League as well as uh, the Premier League. I think that's where you can see if they sink or swim. Honestly, where like you th- like you see like yeah, I see that. But then you all, but also but the thing about the one the the, the Arsenal's and, and the Everton's or whoever else is uh, in that in that that lower pack where they're not playing Champions League they're playing Europa League where they can rotate the squad more they can play those those uh, lesser players more often where they'll be more fresh when it comes to these EPL games where I think like that's that's right. that thought that's that thought you'll see where it, it comes down to who's who's the most fresh. So do you think they're not playing their strongest team right now? I mean I think Arsenal in the league they definitely are playing their strongest team. In the league, but you see the Europa League teams, and it's like Wilshire starting, Giroud starting, Iwobi. and then Iwobi, and then they have like Reese Nelson, uh, Maitland Niles, a, b- a bunch of you know youth box off the bench. But I think that definitely does. You'll see Arsenal start to improve their form after that that marquee win against Spurs. Okay. Where I think that you know you'll start to see the freshness. It will start to pay off. Okay. I'll, having that squad rotation. I second that. Yeah. I second cool. That. Um, what do you want to? I wanted to mention. Uh, let's let's move on to League One. There was actually a pretty big return uh, of Mbappe. He he went to a. What's what's my face? Um, Monaco. Monaco, back to his home club, and he actually didn't play. I mean, he, he definitely worked hard. I think uh, the PSG coach actually came out, not PSG coach, the Monaco coach came out afterwards, and I think it was Jardim, and he accredited him. He said Mbappe played great in the face of criticism. Obviously, having left, uh, he had a good game. You got to think about how old the kid is, though. Twenty-two, I guess. Twenty-one. Twenty. He's got thick skin for it to be a twenty-year-old kid. I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll make make He's sure. really young, but uh, what's it called? There's Khaled right there getting his microphone. There <laughs> but uh, I want to say he can come in. You can come. Yeah, too. You come in, brother. Come, come in, Khaled. In. He's 18 years old right now. We have a uh, a guest appearance here from Khaled Abu Montage. A little, a little, a little cameo. <laughs> He's actually our actually our benefactor of this microphone record currently recording on. Uh, we're, we're finishing up Khaled, but uh, yeah. welcome welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Houston the Touchline. Thank you. Do you want to get a little introduction here? Obviously, let's let's get you on the microphone. Uh, Khaled, how you doing? I'm good. I just got back from uh, playing soccer on the field. You're, you're, you're invested, man. You're invested. Yeah, I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a lot. <laughs> was Laura good today? Yeah, it was. Uh, Hot wings? You had the wings? I didn't go. Uh, I just did go for actually for the first time today. Oh, yeah. good for you. Good to have you on. Yeah, good to have yeah, you on. A little you. cameo. Remind me again who you're a a, uh, a fan of in, in the uh, in the world of soccer. soccer. Yeah. What's your Messi. Soccer? Oh, so you're, Messi. A Bar- you're a Barca fan? No, I'm a Real Madrid fan. Oh, so you're not, you're not a fan of Messi? No, I am. But I like Real Madrid. Wow! Wow! So we we have a controversial. Everybody, watch out! What do you think about a Real Madrid fan who likes Messi? I mean, give me your honest opinion. My honest opinion. (laughs) What do you think? It seems very interesting in the way he. I guess he looks at the game as all right. He knows what quality is. 
because Real Madrid is a good team, and the right. player that he chooses is probably one of the best players that's ever rode the football pitch. Yeah, exactly. So, so who, who's, who's a better player than Ronaldo or Messi? Messi, definitely. Wow. Wow. A Madrid fan says Messi is the best player in the world. Yeah. I mean, all right. Ever to play, I say. I mean, not everyone's going to be a fan of Ronaldo. That's a real that's joke. wild. Well, well, let's let's segue into uh, you. Did you see the uh, the Barca game this weekend? Obviously, Messi had that ghost goal. Oh, I saw pictures. It went through his legs and went over the line, and they didn't call it, and they ended up dropping points uh, to Valencia. That's insane. Tied one one, yeah. But uh, then you had Madrid winning three two. So I mean, have you seen the title race at all? You know, you see Barca like eight eight nine points ahead, but they yeah. drop points now, and there's still two El Clasicos left. True. It's gonna, we mention this every week. It's going to be real close now at the end because I think like. We kind of we discredited uh, discredited Madrid. They do have a shot still, you know. They they do have the players they have, and I think that you know you'll still see a very close tie race down the year. So yeah. I mean, are you gonna be watching any La Liga games? Oh my gosh, the Clasicos! I always watch them. I I won't miss one. But uh, La Liga games, I'll watch them sometimes. But uh, I don't know. I don't really uh, until the Clasicos come. That's when I'm like really into it. But uh, I think. Uh, the so you you're an invested fan when the big games come around. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't want you don't watch you don't watch the small games. I, I, you're, you're a big I, game I, fan. I just hope my team will do good. That's just what I hope for. Yeah. You hope for it. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so that's a different different viewpoint here. You know, right, right. I think that's interesting to see a fan who who watches just the big games. Yeah. I guess you just keep updated on. The, exactly. You have a little score alert on your phone. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. I wake up at seven thirty to watch any game, no matter what, if it's Arsenal play. Like, Liga BBVA and Barclays is so different. You know, it's I think it's more fun personally watching the Barclays. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely the competition. Really, not Barclays anymore. But. Every, everyone mentions the the, uh, the competition, uh, the difference in the competition exactly. that uh, yeah. uh, I mean, in terms of big and small teams, who um, you'll see like every game in the EPL is always close. So, I think yeah. we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we yeah. talk about that how Liga Santander is the two the two horse. I mean, I mean two or three. It's it's like one Valencia, of those two. Yeah, yeah. is now making their. Every year it's that third tier, that third tier team, Atletico, Valencia, yeah. who are like right on the edge, but not there yet. Right. I mean, they are they are still ahead of Madrid right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm totally in the league right now. I feel like it's just disappointing. I feel like every every team in that league is sort of dropping off. It's sort of like a very stagnant time right now in that league. I don't know why. I just have that vibe of. No, I get the same when vibe. Wa- yeah. When watching it, it's just like, what are you guys like? There's no, there's not many marquee no marquee games yeah, minus minus watching Barca dick on freaking like Las Palmas like, or something. Or yeah. Celta Vigo. Like, yeah, exactly. I, like, <laughs> it's not it's not that exciting to you know get into. It's yeah. kind of after just like, like you the, expected. Yeah, after like the first three goals, you're like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Sit here and watch. Four. Did you did you see the PSG uh, Celtic Champions League game? Oh, the one where Neymar seven one went off. Oh my God! Yo, we we didn't mention this on the podcast yet, but I, I completely forgot about this. That was one of the best performances I've seen from a team this year, completely by far. Well, yeah, because Neymar Mbappe went off, bro. Even Cavani too, and Verratti as well had a banger. Because you saw you saw Neymar freaking dribble past like eighteen people, and like he dribbled past the same guy like three times, and I was like, "What is this kid doing?" <laughs> he literally scored the same goal on his weak foot, and within ten minutes, literally just passed yeah. in the back of the net. Uh, right. That for me though, I think PSG definitely. We I think it was funny how we debated. You know, at the start of the season, is PSG gonna be a real deal? Is Neymar gonna make make them a, a better team? It's it's crazy now. They are the real deal. I think honestly, they're the hottest team in Europe right now. Did I? I think I predicted that uh, PSG wins the Champions. Yeah, League. Yeah, you, you said that. And honestly, at this point, it's looking like a good prediction because they have such a dynamic team, uh, a young team as well with you know players who have great potential. And moving forward, it's gonna be very dangerous. Yeah, I don't. But I'm sort of. I wish that Mbappe would move out of League One. I, I, I wish he would. Yeah. Because I don't want to see him 
even though we did say that League One would be a pivotal, or not pivotal, but it would be a large league or a very bigger stage, like English Premier League type, once the money starts flowing in through different owners and stuff like that. But right now, it's sort of like, okay, you got PSG Monaco and um, OG Leon. and Lyon and Nice and all those teams. But it's sort of like, okay. I don't, I don't mind it, though. But yeah. If, you, if, if, he's, if, if they do win the Champions League this year... I don't think that there's no there's no I have no problem with him staying at PSG okay because he, he does have that that, that uh, European exposure where his talent he's, will be used and he's be also perform, he's performing in the Champions League even though it's been like against Celtic within the past week but didn't he play against Juventus as well he might or something or something they're on, they're on the group no not, not PSG's okay. group but okay. uh, I definitely think though uh, myself I think that uh, it is awesome to see. Some of the stuff we talked about come true on the podcast. Like we kind of I our know, first, like first four episodes. Remember the uh, the whole PK, uh, the whole no, penalty kick controversy with yeah. Cavani and Neymar. Yeah. It's been really cool to see. Uh, look at it now, where there's it's gone, and we predicted it'd be gone too. We said that the professionals give them some time. Yeah. It'll, it'll be gone. There's no any arguments anymore. They've Neymar scored PKs. Right. Cavani scored PKs. Neymar scored it's PKs. So Cavani hit a free kick too. And also the Martial one 0 Yeah. Yeah, so it, show, it shows our soccer knowledge. It right does, that it does right there. that we actually know what we're talking about, and we're a, we're able to do this, and no one's ever ran us off the air talking about nonsense. Awesome. So. But what else are we trying to talk about? Man, it, I, I'm not. I've not got too much uh, too much in my in my pocket anymore. Yeah. I wanted to. Uh, how was your, how was your Thanksgiving break, Cal? Obviously, you joined the heiress. So we have to. We had a, we had a quick talk at the beginning of the episode about Thanksgiving break. Uh, what'd you do? Do you enjoy it? Oh, it was great. Um, Thanksgiving itself was awesome. We had uh, family friends come because it will actually be our last Thanksgiving here in Maryland. Wow. Yeah, you moved to Hawaii, right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's going to be a, so, like, that's a big move. house and everything. We won't even have a Christmas at, in our own house because oh my uh, gosh. we get rid of the house the 28th of December. Mahalo. Oh, aloha. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, obviously, here, everyone here in Bagdadia, we wish you the best of luck in your move. I think, are you going to stay at the school or are you looking, you think it's, it's still? It's a possibility. Uh, I had a meeting with the coach today, so... I talked to him, and he was telling me, like, if you want to transfer eventually, the sooner the better. Yeah, I mean, definitely in terms of, it's going to be tough logistically, on, especially money-wise, too, to fly back and forth from Hawaii to, to Maryland, obviously, it's going to be rough. Then, but like, for recruits, he needs to look at people, too. If I leave, he needs to find a fill for my like, spot in the team. Oh, go ahead, Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Alan. <laughs> obviously, uh, I want to uh, I want to plug you here real quick. We'll turn you, turn you this way. Obviously, uh. I mean, I know this. I don't know if you know this, but Cal actually is a rapper in his free time. Oh my! Is, is, there, is, there, is there any chance you can drop? Rapper. You, you can drop some bars for the podcast right now. I'll spit real quick. I'm not us. sure right now. I'm not gonna put you on the spot right now. Maybe another. Uh, maybe another. Maybe time. we could have like an EP from you, like yeah, yeah. an episode that we could like. I can uh, prepare and stuff. Yeah, like or... man's not hot. You know? Yeah, man's not hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't drop out like two, three bars. Yeah. Don't we have a viewer? Nah, I mean, in the car, I'll go off in the car. Like yeah. yesterday, uh, I was with a couple guys and. We were all hanging out, and I was in the car, and yeah. I was freestyling. Right, and it, it, like I felt like I was at a concert, and everyone else felt good like, shit. Yeah, that's good shit. Don't we have a viewer section? <laughs> Damn, no, no bars from college today. <laughs> Don't we have one a day, viewer? One day, one day, promise you. Sean Petrowski. Oh yeah, uh, we wanted to plug uh, plug one of Alan's friends real quick. Oh, actually, my, my dad's and my friend. Primarily, probably my dad's friend. He's not me. Yeah, so he tweeted at us uh, about Mike Grella. Can you yeah. give us a little a little so, background on that? So Mike Grella was looking to, or Mike Grella was cut from, not cut, but he was released from the Red, New York Red Bulls after two years of being with the club. And uh, I mean, for me personally, he's he's probably been my he was my favorite player playing at that team because he's very technical and he's played over in the over across the pond he's played for Leeds he's played for Carlisle United Swindon Town Brentford Bury 
Bury, Scunthorpe United, and then some team in Sweden, and then he came he's back. He's a journeyman, wow. Yeah, he, he, he made it. He did 2009-2011 at Leeds, having 29 appearances and one goal. I mean, he says he can. He did it. He was an All-American in 2008 for Duke University. So he had 80 appearances and 41 goals. So, I mean, I wanna, I'm interested to see where he goes next. Is he, he's, he's retiring, right? I don't think he's retiring. He's age 30 right now, so he has two, two more years. In oh, he's league. leaving. He's leaving. He's Rebels, leaving though. the Rebels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, do you know what else is funny? You know Gunner Shellshite? Yeah. Um, just Jesse Marsh came up to came to his house. Oh, because they they do know. They I know. Do I know. I know their family. Yeah. They do know. I remember uh, talking to one of the other Shellshites back in the day. They actually had Bob Bradley over their house yeah. one time. So because his grandfather was the coach for the U.S. Yeah. Olympic team. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Gunner sent me a Snapchat of Jesse Marsh wearing these light up Air Force Ones, rainbow light up, all black on the like they're all black and on the bottom they were light up oh, wow. rainbow Air Force Ones. And I'm like, damn, bro, he's got Style. some swagger. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, he put on a snap story. He's like, introducing the New York Red Bulls head coach Jesse Marsh, and he's wearing these like really. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, bro, like good for you. <laughs> the MLS season is so weird. Like it's done already, and like you still. Uh, is the MLS Cup still going? I think we got I don't Cup something coming soon. I, I, I didn't look into it. I've, I I remember the first round. I watched it with both New York teams losing, obviously, so I stopped watching. But yeah. I haven't heard anything about the championship coming up. I've, I'll look into that, but I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because we're, we're just getting to halfway point, honestly, in the uh, – what's it called? Who's this? Oh, is it your roommate right there? Yeah. <laughs> we got everyone, everyone walking by yeah. today. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? I want to talk about the future of podcasting. I want to just touch on it real quick. Right. Go ahead. What are your what are so your thoughts? So my view on podcasting is it's a brand new thing. Like I've been listening to Joe Rogan for the past year or so, and he he mentioned this briefly about how podcasting is the future of entertainment for for peop, for general for the general public. You know, because I have to agree there. Yeah. Yeah, because people enjoy not only listening to people, but if you have a video, like I I had Joe Rogan, I like to look at their body language and see how and how much enthusiasm they put into their words and sort of, if they get emotional about certain things, you can see that. Like, I know it's hard to see, maybe in my voice, you can hear, sort of hear how enthusiastic I am when I'm talking about soccer. That's definitely a calm study right there. Yeah, and then I just feel like it's a very, very different aspect of how we're gonna look at media and look at the way that the radio works. Because we talked about this before this podcast started that, the FM dials and the AM dials are going to turn into more talk radio. The more static, though. The more just, static, or yeah. Pe- I think the interesting thing is, is satellite radio. It, that, that will start to take that over. That will start to take over, Because yeah. I think that uh, even our generation, though, you know, you, you see a lot more Bluetooth, obviously, and yeah. people who plug, plug their phone in because they want their own selection of stuff. Yeah. Where I think radio will start to die down, and that's going to be like – we talk about a lot in my media class where, you know, different mediums, where, you know, you see books. Books have honestly went like this. Back in the day, then, like, straight down television as well. Television is starting to go down because you've right. Netflix, you've all these streaming services Ooh. who offer it. It's right there at your hands instead of having Amazon, to yeah. oh, Fire, yeah. all that stuff. And I mean, like, all right, cool. I mean, it's good that the internet's taking over, in my opinion. Because you have, we have these things. We have these things right here in our hands called phones where we can look up whatever we want. And this is a base computer in our pocket. And we can say, okay, I want to look up um, how many stars there are in the universe or whatever it is. And we can get that answer like that. And, like, say you want to look up, like, all right, I wonder what Joe Brogan's podcast was like two months ago and see what guests he had on and you can go look it up and he has videos of post-recorded pre you can look it up on youtube and be like okay i can listen to that i mean it's very interesting that we're very we're this is a opening stage for us in our podcasting careers and we talked about how what's going to happen good timing yeah what what what's going to happen when we graduate well billy and i are planning to keep on doing this hopefully and as long as i can yeah as long as we can and i mean 
I might have different plans in my future when I graduate. You obviously do as well. And wherever it takes us, I feel like I'm all, I think we could have that sort of podcasting relationship where we can talk from far away, but I might not be in tune with the soccer thing, but we can talk about more of our lives. And we can talk about like, you know, it's views, like views from the view, Air Force. Board, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Calm down there. But it would be an interesting thing to sort of expand it into our lives and make this like, you know how YouTubers like Casey Neistat, I don't know if you've heard of him, oh, yeah. like the vloggers, how he turned his life around. He had an HBO show that he sold and he's like, screw it, I'm going to make YouTube videos every day for the next two years. And he did that and he has over 2 million, 3 million followers, 4 million, something like that. But this guy literally used to live in a single bedroom apartment, only 150, 150 square foot. It's like the size, half of the size of this room that we're recording in. And now he's like living in a really, really nice apartment in New York City. So, hey, I mean, with, the, with the internet, dude, the internet's taking over. The possibilities are endless. I remember I was talking to my dad this weekend, um, and we talked about. I told him about how people make money off YouTube, and he was mind blown. Yeah, I told my dad and my grandpa. He was like, "What YouTube? What? That's a that's a thing." Like, they were, they were so like. It just they, they couldn't. They didn't compute the concept it. of yeah. like making money from making videos on YouTube. Was like it was like what? I'm like yeah. There's some millionaires yeah. who make literally millions of dollars from each video. There's a that twenty they year old in the YouTube. I, I actually I actually was listening to this on a podcast the other day. Sorry to cut you off, but I heard about this. Like this guy went to the YouTube um, headquarters, and they had all these like great YouTubers on the wall. And it's like, and Joe Rogan was talking about like this twenty year old kid that was on that on that YouTube wall. He bought a nine or seven million dollar house. Down, his, down the street for, and he's only like 20, 19 years old and Joe Rogan's a very well known America is just insane I mean I'm all, not, all, honestly all of the world yeah it's YouTube the thing all, all the world yeah you see Jen Selter, Jen Selter posting her ass on Instagram for three years and making millions of dollars from that and sort of getting endorsements and you see that alright I guess I can make a lot of money off Instagram you can see these other other people I, was this Ty something or other the guy here, here in the Hollywood Hills, that guy. What's oh, I'm not, Ty I'm not, Lopez? I do see YouTubers, but I'm not too big of a, a Ty, YouTube viewer. Yeah, yeah, but he's a very big entrepreneur. You see Gary Vanderchuk, Vanderchuk, or whatever his name is, the guy that he wants to buy the Jets eventually. But he started working in his parents' wine shop and expanded expanded it from a five hundred thousand dollar company to a fifteen million dollar company wow. in like two years. Oh my gosh! So. Possibly, maybe, Possibly. Maybe, maybe we'll be podcast millionaires in a few months. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back on, I guess, Friday this week, I think. Friday this Hopefully, week. Hopefully, yeah. We'll be back on Friday. <laughs> it's been a great episode with you, Alan. Nice having you here. Cal, Cal it was a very nice cameo. You came in to claim your beautiful microphone that we've been exploiting for the past. <laughs> exploiting. <laughs> for the past. <laughs> we, no, we appreciate you. Our, our audio quality has immensely uh, improved with this microphone. Uh, it oh, yeah. means a lot to us. Obviously, you've, you've helped you. us out a ton. You know, it's, it honestly, it Without you. This thing would never. Yeah. <laughs> as my put, as I put, as I put my hand on Khaled's shoulder and tell him that he's a very pivotal person in this. Oh, yeah. So we also appreciate all our listeners as well. You yeah. guys uh, obviously hopefully enjoy our content. But yeah, back on Friday. This is the best relationship I've ever been in. Wow. <laughs> I love I love you, podcast. I love you. Podcast. <laughs> have a great have a great, have a great week, guys. We'll see you guys back on Friday. See you guys. See ya. Zuzi on the track.